Game 162 of the regular season is complete for all teams. There will be no game 163. The regular season is over. October is here. It's the greatest time of the year for sports, especially around baseball. I'm Travis T-Bone Laughley. It's Barrett Boom Bostick. We are no doubter. How are you feeling this evening, Boom? I'm feeling elated, Travis. Absolutely elated. I was just checking up with the gains the entire afternoon. So much chaos. I was on Team Chaos. I wanted a game 163, but alas, we are deprived of a crazy time. In episode 12 of our podcast, we did a 2011 um, season breakdown anniversary episode, and we described a tumultuous tumultuous game 162 in that year. And here we are, 10 years later, a crazy game 162, and a team that will, at least for now, be... Um, you know, go nameless, making another appearance in a very similar way. It's just baseball, man. You can't make it up. It's it's awesome, Trav. We, I we mean, get a, yep, we get a full season back, a full 162 games across all teams. Uh, fans back in the stands. the The full excitement of a full Major League Baseball season. Uh, we were uh, we we had it this year, and yeah, coming down to the uh, the final day of the regular season. It did not disappoint. It was uh, it was phenomenal being able to watch today's game, seeing how uh, how, how these battles and these races unfolded uh, today, and even you know in the uh, couple of weeks leading up to this, as you know, we started to see the chaos coming into view here. Uh, and man, yeah, I'm stoked. This is uh, this is gonna be fun looking at what's to come here uh, through the month of October. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, but before we do that, we gotta do what uh, you know we gotta do what we always do, Trav. And what is that? What do we gotta do first? Yes, sir, we do have to do what we always do, and that is a very special segment we call Poor and Score, because when you're watching America's Greatest Pastime, whether you're in the stands or at home, you got to enjoy uh, only the best libations to go with it, and when you pour, you score. So I'll go ahead and kick us off this evening for uh, for what we've got. Uh, I'm going to be drinking a Haze Wizard New England-style IPA from Three Nations Brewing uh, right on our backyard here of DFW in Carrollton, Texas. So this is uh, 7.5 alcohol by volume and 55 IBU. And so we're going to open this bad boy up. So it's a New England-style IPA. And by the name, as you would guess, it's going to be quite hazy. So I've got my uh, uh, traditional Mrs. Renfro's uh, mason jar now here. I'm going to pour this bad boy in. Make sure that oh, tip the grass correct, glass correctly. <laughs> we're giving Mrs. Nice, good pour. We're giving Mrs. Renfro's a lot of love on this podcast. We've given her shout outs just all the time. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a solid salsa. You know, they're not they're not a sponsor of our show, but they could be. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well be. <laughs> Absolutely. Obviously, as usual, our audience cannot see uh, what it looks like here, but to give it kind of a look. Uh, here it's it is living up to its name it is a hazy really not translucent at all uh golden ipa it's got just a nice little layer of foam here at the top uh after being poured properly let's give it a sip nice yellow color to it almost kind of an orangey color yeah nice yellow orange golden crossover Mm. yeah you have the hops come off the hops are there. They're not overpowering. 
uh, but it's got the bold kind of honey-esque flavor to it here. So let's let's see what you know. Let's see what Three Nations Brings says about this. So from the Boiling Cauldron, Haze Wizard casts a spell over the abundant hops found in this New England IPA. Irresistible. This hazy concoction is no illusion. The intense and legendary aromatics create an enchanted brew with a magic all its own. So I <laughs> no very uh, very vivid uh, kind of use of the imagination and how uh, and <laughs> how uh, uh, the, the haze wizard is described here. But yeah, I've got it's, got it's got kind of that nice. I feel like this is a very good transition seasonal transition kind of IPA here. You know, as we've closed out summer and we're in these early days of fall, uh, just as the nights and days are starting to get a little bit cooler here. This uh, this has the bold IPA flavor with it, but not the overwhelming uh, kind of feeling that's that you know you maybe get with more of uh, with more of kind of like your deep winter uh, kind of one that's maybe a bit heavier. So I I really enjoy this. Um, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, baby. The Three Nations Brewing in Carrollton, Texas, repping the local economy. There you go. I mean, I, I'm most I'm much more of a West Coast IPA guy, but I'm hey, I I'm you know, I've had my fair share of hazies myself, and you know, they they're gaining in popularity. I've seen them at a lot of beer festivals, so I mean I might just I, I might just try it. So I mean, yeah. I'm, some might say the high, hazy IPAs are not real IPAs; they're just hazy ales. Uh, but you know, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll leave that topic for a discussion for another day. It's got the the buzzword, which is IPA. <laughs> so that the IPA is what sells. So there you go, man. Nine out of ten. You can't go wrong with that. Um, all right, now on to my drink. You know, Trav baseball is america's pastime and there is nothing more american than game 162 oh geez 162 games my goodness when you think about it it just sounds crazy we were just starting (laughs) the season the other day like i remember opening day yeah (laughs) i know exactly you know six months of just craziness uh but there's nothing more american than going across the pond and drinking a whiskey from Ireland. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the Red Breast 12-year Irish whiskey. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's in an unmarked <laughs> container, too. Like, they, they, Tell us about this, Boom. This, uh, this must be like super special or, uh, oh, or yeah. rare. or uh, Give us the rundown on it. Yeah, you know, everybody knows I can't be dropping, you know, $60 here and there on all these bourbons I get. This is a sampler that is uh, that has been given to me by my great uncle Tim Smith. Another shout out to him on the pod. He's been hooking me up for many a time on this podcast. So Tim Smith, this is for you. Thank you so much. You gave me the George T. Stag. And now we have the Red Breast. I have never had this before, so... Going across the bond, baby. This is 80 uh, proof um, Irish whiskey. And 
before I even pour it in my Glencairn, I'm going to go ahead and read it. Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey. Here we go. Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey is is unique to Ireland. It is regarded as the quintessential style of Irish whiskey, safeguarded and nurtured under the watchful eye of the Middleton Distillery. For almost 200 years, wow. Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey is made from a mash of malted and unmalted barley, and then triple distilled in traditional copper pot stills. Pot still Irish whiskeys are characterized by full, complex flavors and a wonderful, creamy mouthfeel. Man, they got the copper pot stills. Very interesting. Alrighty. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and pour it in my Glencairn. So here we go. Oh, yeah. All right, gonna get the nose. Oh, that's a pretty. That's pretty good. Hmm. Okay. Not overpowering. You know, it's only eighty proof. So, um. So uh, let's. I'm gonna read some of the tasting notes that are a part of this. Nose: a complex, spicy, fruity aroma, with toasted wood notes evident. Hmm. I, I can kind of see where it's going there. So that's the taste in the nose to it now the taste i'm going to read it before i actually try it it says full flavored and complex a harmonious balance of spicy creamy fruity sherry and toasted notes then the finish is satisfyingly long the complex flavors linger on the palate well i mean we're gonna see how long they do last so uh, i'm gonna be looking for spicy creamy fruity sherry and a long finish basically all right Without further ado, I've dragged this on for way too long, and now it's time to <laughs> it's time to try. Okay, that's a lot of suspense here. Oh yeah, a couple of smigs. Wow, <laughs> man, that's that, that is very different from a bourbon. That is so different. Wow, it's like it's really not that that crazy. I mean, it only eighty proof. It's it's a good flavor. I mean, it's just. Very interesting. I have had sherry before, and it is more reminiscent of that. So, mm-hmm. I get the creamy. I don't really... I'm not really tasting the spicy, but I get creamy, and I get fruity. And, it, you know, I would say it... I would say it lingers decently long. I've had flavors that linger a lot longer than this, but you definitely... Like, I mean, it stays on the palate, for sure, as with most whiskeys. But, yeah, I mean... This is different, you know, um, definitely different. Um, you know, it's a good brand. Aged for 12 years. It's a recognizable brand. Pretty good stuff. Uh, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. It kind of sounds like what you've described is this is a, this is a good sit down on the porch, like a cool fall or spring evening. And just kind of relaxed sipping bourbon. Nothing like said too crazy or special that you would break out from more of like a social occasion. But if you just need something that's easy going to unwind with, it kind of sounds like this is uh, this is the type of whiskey to go for. 
Oh yeah, this is very approachable when it comes to whiskeys. I would put this up in the TX Blended category. You know, these are low proof ones. They're not crazy. They're very smooth. This is very smooth. It's fruity, but I mean, it's not like, you know, it, it, it's not overpoweringly, overpoweringly fruity. Yeah. I mean, you got the alcohol there, but it's just a nice taste. Sherry, you can't go wrong with that, you know? A little bit of spice. I'm getting more of it as I taste it some more. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's matured in bourbon and sherry-seasoned Spanish oak casks. So, there you go. Triple distilled from Ireland, baby. 200 years. That's a rich history right there. So, 8, eight out of 10. You got the beer. You got the bourbon. Well, absolutely. Whiskey. And, <laughs> so. Yes, sir. And I, uh, yeah, I... What I love about this segment, what we both love about this segment is, is we uh, we want to introduce uh, our favorite beverages to our audience. We love uh, drinking local, ultimately something that's local to somewhere. You know, a lot of times we drink things that are right out of here in DFW. Um, other times we're drinking something that you know is a craft brew or distilling out of somewhere else uh but the idea is that you know we support the people that are hard at work the uh the local guys the little guys the me uh, the, the the small to medium-sized guys not the uh not the big corporate brands that we uh that they you know are so popular and plastered with their brand everywhere we we give we uh we give our nods to the money being local in the area here uh and you know it's uh we this time we're going a little bit across the pond over to Ireland uh, with uh, with your whiskey. So I there I you. love it getting uh, expanding more international in flavor here with the No Doubter brand. So I I love that. And as we always want to remind our audience, please drink responsibly. Um, if you've uh, when you're enjoying your beverage, uh, if it gets to the case that you need this, uh, ask for a ride home. Call up an Uber. A lift, cab, your best friend. Uh, get home safely. Drink responsibly. Uh, enjoy these beverages the right way in the right kind of setting. There you go. We want you guys to be able to enjoy the postseason with us. You know, let's just uh, let's just aim to drink responsibly. You know, enjoy these. Enjoy these. You know, um, as we can. So, all right. Well, here we are. We got our we got our drinks ready to go. Um, Trav, again, this was a game for the ages. Game 162. Uh, for everybody who thinks these games never happened, wrong. You can go back to our episode 12. We described a tumultuous one game 162 that happened 10 years ago. And I guess the baseball gods, they want chaos to happen every 10 years. 2021 did not quite top 2011, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, I, it's pretty hard to top what happened 10 years ago. However, 10 years later, we uh, <laughs> we did get a, a pretty nice treat here uh, back with a full season of baseball and closing out the regular season today. So, uh, yeah, was was fun to watch. Had MLB Network up. They were panning across all the different games, giving insight into what was going on. So it was it was a fun day to watch baseball. It sure was, man. Uh, there were consequential consequential games. Usually, when you watch Game 162, all the playoff brackets are set, and you're just watching another game. But this was far from it. And so, we're going to catalog... Well, 
what happened on this very consequential day. Entering the day, the Yankees and the Red Sox had 91 wins, but the Mariners and the Blue Jays had 90. One game separated the four teams from the wild card spots, all of them up for grabs. And a game 163 was highly likely given the circumstances. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox they controlled their destiny, whereas the Mariners and the Blue Jays were relying on a loss and their uh, victory. You had the Yankees going up against the Red Hot Rays and uh, the Red Sox uh, on the road, uh, obviously versus a team that uh, had a tough year with the Nationals. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you go and then you had the uh, the Blue Jays and the Mariners each at home. Uh, the Blue Jays, as of recently, have gotten back to full capacity um, uh, with their stadium up there in Toronto. Uh, and so it just, yeah, it kind of, it looked like, you know, this, there's a, there's a time for chaos to ensue and for, uh, game 163 <laughs> to happen, you would have looked like, uh, you have thought that, uh, today had a very strong possibility of it. And the games were close, leading that up to a very strong possibility until the very end, but it was not meant to be. So 162 not- is, uh, all she wrote for the 2021 regular season. It sure is. Uh, To add into the utter chaos, the Giants were up one game on the Dodgers. Should the Giants lose and the Dodgers win, they would be tied. And my assumption is that they would play each other in a game 163. All of these games started at 2 p.m. Central. And it is at this time that I will ask my brother Travis to cue the dramatic music. So we start on this day by going over to the West Coast, Padres versus the Giants in San Fran at Oracle Park on the San Francisco Bay. These are divisional rivals. And to start off the game in the bottom of the third inning, you had Buster Posey reaching a single to left with Flores scoring and Webb scoring. Wade Jr. to third. Giants up to zip on the Padres, but in the top of the fourth, Manny Machado, the man who yelled at Tatum it's not about you man it's not about you well he hit a sack fly and he knocked in grisham two to one can they come back no the bottom of the fourth the giants listella singles to the right and chris bryant the acquisition scores webb going the second and mike yastrzemski the grandson of the great carl yastrzemski going the third giants up three one and later that inning flores knocks in yastrzemski and webb making it five to one and that same inning wade jr hits a sack fly it's six to one and then buster posey singles at seven to one webb hits a homer in the next inning it's it's in Knox and Bryant as well. It's nine to one. Everybody gets the the idea. As this game's unfolding, the Giants, like they've done all year, they've just said, "Forget you guys. We're just gonna blow past you." So, you know, the Giants destroying the Padres. So everyone's kind of tuning away from that game because it is very predictable. We head on over to the West Coast again, just a few miles away to Los Angeles. The Dodgers facing the Brew Crew. Had the Brew Crew party too hard the night before? Well, in the top of the fourth, Garcia double to right, knocking in Telez. One 
nothing brewers but in the bottom of the fifth mookie the cookie monster bets he walked in a run making it one to one that later that same inning seager reached an infield first and knocks in taylor and making it two to one and then trey turner the trade deadline acquisition hits a grand slam making it six to one so you're in the middle of the innings in both of these games and it seems very apparent the giants and the dodgers are going toe to toe and it looks like they're going to win out and if that happens the giants are one game ahead and they win the division so everyone's kind of like all right these teams are just they're doing what they always do so we take a a trip further up the coast to the land where the hipsters live the land of seattle the seattle mariners going up against the los angeles angels the mariners one game down from the yankees and red sox and they are on a hot streak and they want to see the postseason they've been deprived of it for many years but they are not going to go down without a fight well that's at least until the angels come in and they say we don't care Otani, the possible MVP, hits his 46th home run to right field. And he, 418 feet, 1-0 Angels. Mayfield reaches a single and knocks in Gosselin, 2-0. Fletcher knocks in Rojas on an RBI double, 3-0. And Walsh hits a sack fly and Fletcher scores 4-0 all in the first two innings. Kelnick and Crawford try to battle back, each knocking in runs, making it four to two. But then Walsh hits a two-run homer. It's six to two, and at this point, everyone just kind of looks and they're just like, "All right, this ain't happening." <laughs> so <laughs> we move on up to a country north the border. Uh, oh, Canada. <laughs> Canada, eh? It was a fan base that was deprived of watching their team for most of the year. But as Travis said, it was now basically full capacity. And coming in, a man who is near and dear to my heart. A man who I got to see do leadoff homers, but no more. He does leadoff homers for another team. Sword Springer with a leadoff Springer. Springerdinger making it one nothing. Hernandez drives in Simeon making t- two zip, and Espinal knocks in Bobachet making it three zip. And all in the first inning, and in the second inning, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Mavs a home run to right, going Oppo Taco, knocking in Springer making it five zip. And when everyone was watching this game, they're like, oh, snap, the Blue Jays have something to play for. They are going all out. And they sure did, because the Orioles' is Nevin had a solo homer, making it 5-1. to one, But in the bottom of the third, George Springer hits his second home run of the day, a grand slam, making it 9-1. to one. At this point, everyone thinks they're basically going to win. It is basically said, so... So far, a lot of games that are pretty easy to to follow. But then, 
we go on over to the East Coast. The East Coast is where the interesting games were taking place. We go to the Bronx. Uh, the We go to the land that Judge built. The, the, the Yankees, the Bronx Bombers versus the Tampa Bay Rays. The entirety of the game, it seemed like... It was blanks across the board. Pitching duels. Zero, zero. Goose eggs. And we're like, oh man, this is intense. Both teams getting hits, getting on base, but failing to produce. And as we were all watching, it was like, man, who is going to blow this game open? But as it continued to go on, the scores never materialized. And that brings us to the most exciting game by far of this game, 162. The Boston Red Sox playing in the capital of the country against the Washington Nationals, the last place team in the National League East. To start off the game, Mercer has hits a double to deep left center, knocking in Bell, making it 1-0 Nationals. Uh-oh. Zimmerman, Mr. National himself, walks in a run, making it 2-zip Nationals. Oh, man, bottom of the third. Oh, man, the Boston Red Sox are in trouble. But then Devers comes in and hits a home run to center field, making it 2-1 Nationals. They're trying to come back. Well, we'll see. Because in the bottom of the fifth, uh, Mercer uh, drives in Soto on a fielder's choice, making it 3-1 to one Nationals. And then Avila hit knocks in Bell and Soto on an RBI double, making it 5-1 to one Nationals in the bottom of the fifth. And at this very moment, we're all watching... We see the Red Sox, we see the Blue Jays, and everyone's thinking, oh man, the Red Sox are about to blow this, and game 162 will happen, Blue Jays, Red Sox, chaos will ensue, ah, and Team Chaos, the team that I was a part of, was like, yes, we were rejoicing, we won another game, come on, oh man, oh man, as the day progressed, the Giants never let up. They eventually beat the Padres 11-4. The Dodgers never beat up. They beat the Brewers 10-3. The Giants win the NL West, and the Dodgers secure the top seed spot in the wild card. As the day progresses, the Mariners can never surpass the Angels. The Angels end up beating the Mariners 7-3. Mariners are out. The Blue Jays just keep on beating up on the Orioles. They just keep scoring after scoring after scoring. And the Orioles, they're a pitiful team, and it amounts to nothing. And so that game keeps going on. We go down to the Bronx, and it's still 0-0-0-0-0-0. It's just zeros across the board. No one's scoring a run. It's going into the seventh. No. Into the eighth. No. It's like, what's going to happen? I mean, seriously, I mean, this is insane. So, so many Ks, Roger Clemens is jealous. Yes, so many Ks across the board. We then go back to the capital of the country in Washington. Bottom of the fifth, five to one Nationals. What can the Red Sox do? 
well. In the top of the sixth, the very next inning, Vasquez knocks in Verdugo, making it two to five. We the bottom of the sixth, the Nationals aren't able to score, but then in the top of the seventh, Devers singles to center, knocking in Schwarber, making it three to five, and then Verdugo, baby, knocks in Bogarts and Dever, doubling the deep right center, tying up the game in the top of the seventh. The Red Sox fans are rejoicing. They're like, yes, 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 let's go. It is worth mentioning because in the bottom of the fifth, the Washington Nationals had a 94.6% chance of winning. 94.6% chance. And yet, despite having that crazy high percent chance, the Boston Red Sox are like, nope, we are not going down without a fight. They They tie it up in the top of the seventh. Bottom of the seventh, Nationals do nothing. In the whole eighth inning, the Red Sox and the Nationals don't score, and it goes to the top of the ninth. And then we go to the All-Star. Raphael Devers, he hit in a homer. He knocked in Schwarber, and then he gets his fourth RBI of the day, hitting a two-run bomb to center field, this time even further than the first 447 feet. 7-5 to in the top of the ninth, and the Red Sox fans absolutely lose it. They're like, yes, yes, it's gonna happen, baby. And it's and and it sure does because the Boston Red Sox, alas, before I said that, as the games progressed, before we even find out what happened in there, and technically chronologically, the Yankees end up winning the game in the bottom of the ninth against the Rays on a walk-off single by Aaron Judge. The Yankees secure the wild card spot and then a few minutes later the bottom of the ninth comes around the Washington Nationals amount to nothing and it is all set in stone the Boston Red Sox will face the New York Yankees in Boston at Fenway Park on Tuesday October the 5th ah chaos we do not get a game 163 But, oh man, just like 10 years ago, so many things could have happened. Man, that was nuts, Trav. I mean, you you said it wasn't like 10 years ago, but I mean, come on. That was pretty crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's hard to live up to 2011. Like, everything that happened. I think things were a little bit more balanced out between the uh, the National League and the American League in 2011. And this, obviously, the uh, the drama leaned a little bit more towards the American League side. Uh, but, I mean, it was a very close second in uh, what we were gifted this year on uh, uh, day 162 of, uh, of the regular season, closing it out. So, here we go. October's here. Yeah, man. Why don't you go ahead and give the final breakdown on the brackets? Yes, sir. So in the American League, with the American League East, the Spreadsheet Kings, Tampa Bay Rays, (laughs) got that one. The AL Central was the young and -and up-and-coming Chicago White Sox. The party on the south side of Chicago continues here in 2021. Enjoy it, White Sox fans. The AL West, ugh. Houston Astros <laughs> uh, uh, continue their uh, their their recent run of dominance here within the uh, the, the AL West, regrettably. Uh, and then the <laughs> AL wild cards, 
Shout out to the East Coast, the Yankees and the Red Sox, two teams that absolutely hate each other. Two story franchises, they're going at it with each other in the American League wild card. National League East, we're looking at the Atlanta Braves, one of the more successful teams within the National League, especially the East Division in recent years, taking that title. National League Central, Milwaukee Brewers, the Brew Crew, National League West, the San Francisco Giants, just on an unbelievable, unthinkable run this year. A Cinderella story continues, and it continues in an epic way. National League Wild Cards, the Dodgers, and then a team nobody a month or two <laughs> months ago would have imagined playing in the 2021 Major League Baseball postseason, the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> so... Ten years, West, baby. <laughs> West Coast versus the Midwest in the National League this year. Man, Man. that's a, I, I, I am not just saying it because we're doing this podcast now, but like this, this is going to be fun baseball to watch across the board, like from coast to coast. In the middle, different, too. yeah. In the middle, in the middle of America, yeah. You've got more of like the blue collar type of environments of Milwaukee and St. Louis. Uh, and, and you know, you throw Chicago in there too. You've got, but there's different styles of baseball, different strengths of these teams being played. Uh, parks that lean more pitching friendly, parks that lean more hitting friendly. Uh, you know, you've got Tuesday night with the wild card game. It's, I, I think, you know, it's kind of quintessential, uh, fall baseball weather. It's going to be like light to steady rain up in Boston at Fenway, upper 50s. Uh, just very, very kind of grinded out type of baseball. This, you, you we don't know what's going to happen next. Like we have our ideas that we will talk about shortly, but I just look at all these matchups. It's like, I just want to be, I'm ready to be a baseball fan and subsequently nerd out on it too here. So we've got things to talk about here on this podcast, but man, it's, yeah, October's here. It's going to be fun. It sure is. The St. Louis Cardinals, man. They, before they started their 17-game win streak, they had a 2.8% chance of making it to the postseason. 2.8% chance. They took a look at that number and they said, forget it. We're going <laughs> to do it. What we always do, every 10 years, the Cardinals make something out of nothing. And they go on a 17-game win streak. And they just look at that second wildcard spot and they say, this is ours, baby. Forget you, Cincinnati Reds. It is ours. Golly. Ah. Uh, even yeah. on, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals, I would compare them to the San Antonio Spurs. Even on, like, down years, they are right there. They, uh, they mess with other teams' seasons. They, uh, they, they, they keep you locked in because, I mean, they are, they are that story of the franchise, and they have that sort of blue-collar, down-to-earth work ethic that that, <laughs> uh, that that club is known by. And, yeah, they just grinded it out. And they've become a all-time great story within baseball over the past month, and a ton of a ton of fun to see what's going to happen next with them. I know, man. I mean, it's just it really is crazy. It's just so funny how we do what the we do the 2011 10th anniversary breakdown. Here we are 10 years later, the Cardinals with Wayne Wright and Molina. Of course, 10 years ago, Wayne Wright was out with Tommy Dunn. But 10 years later, the fine wine himself, 
Adam Wainwright is back again with his right-hand man, Yadier Molina. They want it. He, he wants in on the action this time. So, man, oh, man. But, Trav, we got to see how these compare to our midseason predictions because we did make official predictions in the middle of the season way so long ago in the AL East. I picked the Rays and you picked the Red Sox. I mean... The Red Sox at the time were I first. I drank the Kool-Aid. You I drank the, the uh, Kool-Aid. Man. I drank the, uh, the East Coast Sports Media major market Kool-Aid of, uh, <laughs> uh, of getting stoked around uh, around Chris Sale uh, without uh, without you know considering some of the more the more gaps and uh, and, and, and shortcomings that they had uh in that clubhouse that they would have to account for to be able yeah. to ultimately get to the postseason and just you know think yeah the red sox are a flashy name the the rays <laughs> not so much i mean yeah they the, the rays as i say i i jokingly call them the spreadsheet kings like they meticulously <laughs> look at the numbers and make drafting decisions and uh and payroll and and trades and everything by this, this sort of kind of new school baseball mentality that has emerged over the past uh, couple of decades. Uh, but yeah, I just didn't think much of them, but then, yeah, the Red Sox, obviously they, they have, they have had to valiantly battle through injuries through, uh, through COVID issues as of recent, uh, through just uh, kind of some missing pieces within, uh, within their court, ultimately, catapult them to the top of their division so you know it's uh yeah things just uh things just unfolded a little differently than maybe uh maybe i expected them or they it was more realistic uh, too so yeah um i can't remember if at the time um tyler glass now was out or not but it's just it's these Rays teams. It's just I've read a book about about them. I've been paying attention to them. It, they are a team that just they they and it, your case in point, Trav. I mean they they continue to go under the radar despite the fact that people continue to write them off despite the fact that they made the World Series last year. I mean, this is a team that just continuously doesn't get the respect that they deserve. And despite the fact that they don't have Tyler Glass now, they were able to power through it because with their changing lineups and their sophisticated pitch FX and everything, man... Uh, the Red Sox just—they just couldn't hold on. But at least for now, they get another shot. Their dream is still alive. So yes, sir. Uh, and and uh, when October yeah. comes around, the slate is wiped clean. I mean, obviously, yep. teams are in different positions within the bracket. But you could be the—you uh, could be the top seed uh, within either uh, AL or nationally, AL or NL, um, or down into the uh, into the wild card, and. You could be like the Cardinals 10 exactly. years ago and win it all. <laughs> Ex- exactly, man. Yeah, Regrettably talking about that as a Rangers fan. <laughs> David Freese, we still don't talk about him here in DFW. <laughs> David Freese, Nelson Cruz. <laughs> Nelson Cruz that, is with the Rays. the end of that. <laughs> that is the end of that. Nelson Cruz, like fine wine with the Rays, batting cleanup. So we'll see how that goes. Um, for the Central, we both picked the White Sox. I mean... It was hard not to. They had a lead, and they never, ever lost it. And then as for the West, the Astros, man, you had the Mariners, you had the Rays chopping at their bits, but the Astros never let up. And 
it's just they they're just too good trav <laughs> we <laughs> made good. smart picks yeah yeah i man i was really cheering for the mariners uh fellow, <laughs> uh, fellow ale west uh comrades here and it's it can have, I kind of have like a soft spot for them, uh, having just uh, just visited the city a couple of years ago, but and you know them being now still twenty years out from their last postseason appearance. Um, but man, yeah, the the Mariners they play with guts, they play they play hard, they played uh, what they called with the fun differential, where fun they were they were <laughs> where they were going through most of their games with like a deficit and like had a on the year like mm-hmm. or finishing the year with a winning record with uh with more runs allowed than uh, than runs scored <laughs> and like going through many games at a deficit in the run department uh but then also coming back kind of late towards the end and but yeah it's Happy for uh, happy for the city of Seattle. They've they've got some good things going in terms of their front office with talent that's coming up uh, with some pieces that they've uh, that they put in place currently right now uh, to give the fans up there in the Pacific Northwest some fun baseball to watch. So I, I just you know that was that was a purely you know between the two of us, Barrett. You are by far the deeper kind of in the weeds, in the <laughs> rabbit hole of all things baseball between us. However, uh, I mean, and with that, that was the this was more of the gut, just kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of like throwing it out there type of pick for the uh, for mm-hmm. the Mariners to ultimately take a wild card spot, and they <laughs> near did it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was uh, it. It almost happened, um, but I think that as I said, they've got some some good foundational pieces between the right people being in the front office, um, the right idea with the with the, what they uh, what they made within the trade market this year. Good pieces in their farm system coming up. So I think Seattle Pacific Northwest gathered at T-Mobile Park next year and in the years to come. I think you've got some really fun baseball that's about to be coming forward. And I, I certainly know my uh, uh, my Rangers will have to uh, to go up against you. And uh, Bear, I know <laughs> the, the Mariners gave your Astros uh, quite kind of some trouble in, over the last month or so and some uh, some of these regular season series that they uh, that they met up against. So the, that that Mariners yep. clubhouse they uh, they are gritty. And yeah, I think that's the thing I think we don't always think about with the Pacific Northwest, but by and large, it is kind of before Seattle historically kind of developed into like the tech hub. It is kind of this gritty fishing, fishing and port town up there. And so the Mariners mm-hmm. are reflecting that city's roots and uh, they fight hard. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm considering making the, uh, trip uh well my next baseball trips up there uh in april of next year to catch a uh rangers game at uh, at the mariners at uh, t-mobile park so i was the, the mariners were nice. just fun to follow They're oh really, yeah really good story this year and they ultimately sure the rays are. take the uh ultimately the rays take the uh the ale the ale east and so uh yeah but instead now with the uh, the ale uh, wild card we get the uh two of the most storied franchises to the uh large east coast media markets the yankees and the red sox 
Yep. Uh, yeah, another fun scene to follow was the Blue Jays, and man, I wanted the, I was on the Blue Jay train so bad. I saw them earlier this year. They're so much fun, and you know the Mariners are fun and the Blue Jays yep. are fun. These are Kevin Biggio, Craig Biggio's son plays. Exactly, man. The Blue Jays got everybody, man. Guerrero, Teoscar Hernandez, Simeon, Bobachet, Springer. I mean, I can go on and on. I mean. It, but alas, it is the Red Sox Yankees. How pitiful, how predictable, <laughs> not pitiful, predictable. Uh, I will shamelessly be watching that because, I mean, come on, that's just good television. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I chose the Red Sox versus the A's with the Red Sox advancing. And Trav, you chose the Mariners versus the Rays <laughs> with the Rays winning. Oh, man, that didn't that didn't hand out, happen. <laughs> yeah. As we talked yeah. about, it, uh, it, it worked yeah. out a little bit differently. They like flipped the script of... Uh, <laughs> The, the Rays ultimately winning and the Mariners being left out and neither yeah. being in the wild card and two of the more storied franchises being in the in the wild card. But, I mean, it's... Hey, if, if you're going to be off on it, at least <laughs> I, uh, I give myself credit for everything coming down as crazy as it did in the ALS East this year. I know. I mean, and I don't blame you for picking the Mariners. I mean, again, they went it all the way to the very end. They had a chance. It... Should they have won? Well, of course, they would have to win, and then the Red Sox would lose. And They had a chance, ultimately, at the end. So you had the teams that were in the thick of it. Uh, for me, the A's, very disappointed in them. Um, you know, they really just... I mean, they just had a lot a lot of losses and they just couldn't surpass the Astros or the Mariners. They just the Mariners were hot towards the end and they surpassed the the A's and the they just couldn't get it. And it was hard because the A's led the AL West for a while and then the Astros recently overtook them at the midway point. So I thought that the A's were going to hang in there but they didn't. So I mean it's hard to make mid-season predictions. It's even harder to make preseason predictions. But you know, here we are, so we'll see. But then the NL East, Trav rode the Mets fan wagon, and I looked at the Braves before they lost Acuna, and I said, this team is too good. But despite losing Ronald Acuna Jr., the Braves ended up making it all the way. Man, the Mets, their lead was so ever, ever so fragile. <laughs> They were they were really all pitching and really no hitting out there uh, out there in Flushing yeah. Meadows. It was uh, yeah. It was a uh, that that team was lived and died by the mound. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, just man, that that Mets organization. There's just always some drama there. And uh, well, better better luck next year uh, out there on Long Island to the Mets. Um, Back I, uh, there in Queens. Yes, sir. Queens <laughs> out in Long Island. <laughs> Queen, Queens out in Long Island. There you go, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah it's... I just... It, it was so fragile the whole time. Even at the midway points, it was like within five games. And I, would, I looked at that and I'm just like... It's a long half of the season, you know. I mean, in my in your defense, Trav, if they would have lost Acuna at the halfway point, I probably would not have chosen the Braves. I said... I probably would have said that's one too many, but despite losing them, they still made it, and so I still chose correctly. <laughs> so, yeah, the Braves, man, it's their offense is just lights out. They got their pitching dialing in with Charlie Morton, baby, former Houston Astros guy. He is going to be pitching Game One of the NLDS. So, because why not? He is. <laughs> 
he's the fine wine. So uh, that's how it ended up there. And then, of course, this, these central divisions were just so predictable. Brew Crew, baby, for the win. I mean, what can you say? They're pitching. They, they jumped out to a big yeah. lead early on and never looked back. Exactly. Their pitching is just so lights out. Yeah. And once again, like not not as near low of a payroll as the Rays, but still kind of around like the bottom 10 of payrolls uh, in Major League Baseball. And they've got some good pieces, but it's not like they're not out there breaking the bank to build their clubhouse. But they have a great culture there. They're gritty. They represent that uh, that upper Midwest blue collar spirit. And yeah, jumped out, just kept grinding throughout the entire 162 game season. Never looked back. So Brew Crew, NL Central, undisputed. Exactly, man. Uh, man, the Mets were. Uh, they were in first place for so long. They broke an MLB record for amount of games in first place in the division only to end up with a losing record. They were in first place in that division for over 100 games. <laughs> That's well over half the season. But they end up with a losing record. It's just uh, the Mets, the Mets, the Mets. It's sad. And then... We end up with the NL West. It was a two-horse race. It just wasn't the two-horse race that everybody thought it was going to be. You and I both picked the Dodgers because they're the best team on paper, but these Giants, they just they destroyed our expectations just like they've been doing the whole time, and they won. And here we are. You and I both picked the Giants and the Padres to make the wild card with the Padres advancing. Wow, that pick didn't age well. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, I mean, it's gonna be Dodgers Cardinals. Cardinals, I mean, come on. Seriously, at the midway point, nobody cared about the Cardinals. (laughs) uh, It just goes to show baseball. It anything can happen, and that's what makes it fun. So absolutely. Yep, and then in the midseason, I picked the Houston Astros to win shamelessly, and you picked the Boston Red Sox. Trav, do you still think the Red Sox have a chance? <laughs> I do not. We will get, oh! we'll get into that uh, moving forward. Oh, it's great, wow. It's great that they have, uh, they have made it uh, into the postseason. However, I, I do not have confidence for them to uh move on very far within the bracket oh my gosh wow going back on it man i mean (laughs) oh man all the red sox fans that we know and love you know friend of the pod isaac aaron from my talk studios sorry richard sorry hagan sorry everyone uh (laughs) listens to this that enjoys the red sox i uh just, just don't have a great gut feel Oh man! Well, hey, it'll just make their victory that much sweeter. So, (laughs) uh, we shall see. With that said, let's go ahead and get into our predictions for the postseason. I mean, Trav, what's going to happen in the AL Wild Card, man? I have the Yankees beating the Red Sox in the Wild Card two days from now, Tuesday, October fifth. Like I said, it's going to be a cool fall evening, uh, a little bit rainy up there, it looks like, based on the weather forecast, uh, up in Boston. <laughs> they, uh, um, it's, I, I see this as, uh, based on all things considered, it's going to be a low-run scoring game. It's got a cool fall evening, like I said, with the, the lights and steady rain at Fidway. Fenway. <laughs> that is, uh, 
Garrett Cole going up against Nathan Uvalde. Uh, I think runs are going to be at a premium there. And I think Cole beats out Uvalde just in terms of what it is. And we're going to see a piece like an Aaron Judge, uh, like get like a walk-off type of hit or a home run to win this thing. Yeah, you know, Trav, and again, it's just going to make the Red Sox victory that much sweeter because they're going to prove us wrong. But I also have the Yankees beating the Red Sox in Boston, and I'll tell you why. A few days ago, on September the 24th, they played each other in Boston, and who else was pitching but Garrett Cole and Ovaldi, and the Yankees won 8-3. to it will probably happen again. <laughs> I mean, it's not guaranteed. Again, these are all just crapshoots at the end of the day. But, I mean, Garrett Cole, I saw him with the Astros. The guy can throw heaters and strikeouts like it's nobody's business. He gives up bombs, yes, but he makes up for it with his K-rate. Um, yep. So, I'm going with the Yanks, which I don't want them to win. I didn't want them to even make the playoffs. At the midway point, they had no chance. But yet they they force their way into relevancy, you know, <laughs> because they're the Yankees and they have to. But yep, they will make it to the D, the American League Divisional Series. Uh, it's hard for us to do it, but we have to do it. So uh, let's keep it in the American League. If they make it, then they'll face the first place, the first seed, Tampa Bay Rays. Trav, what's going to happen? Oh, man, this... <laughs> This is a game I see this one going to going to all five games oh. within the uh, uh-huh. within this divisional race. So I uh, I have the Yankees <laughs> ultimately being the race. I think they continue it. Uh, I think the, the what they've got there in the mound will continue to drive the Yankees and will. I think uh, the Rays just kind of have some younger pieces that have uh, have yet to face the grind of what you get in the, uh, the major league baseball postseason, And so I think, uh, yeah, the Yankees are going to be working on off momentum. They've been primed with, uh, with having to deal with some more difficult situations lately. So yeah, uh, they're going to take the, uh, the series three to two. Oh my gosh. Three to two. Ah, the Yankees, this team that everybody hates, except if you're a Yankees fan, going to the ALCS again? Ah, man, that's so painful. Well, you know what? I didn't discount the Rays the first time, and by golly, I'm not going to do it this time, because the Rays are going to beat the Yankees in the ALDS, and let me tell you why, baby. It's because it's the Rays. It's the Rays, baby. Uh, I just think that, uh, you know, it's not really more sophisticated other than that, but the Rays have had the Yankees number as of recent. Um, You know... I just think that's the Rays. They just know how to beat the Yankees. And they've done it plenty of times before. Uh, Kevin Cash is one of those managers who he can win manager of the year every single time, basically. Um, They are going to play at the Trop for most of those games. And I think it's going to go to five games, too, just like Trav says. But going back to the Trop, hopefully the Trop's full back in St. Pete. Might be quite (laughs) a few Yankees fans in the Trop. There's a lot of New Yorkers that live in Florida. Yes. Folks are going to be driving up from Miami, and then uh, let me just all... 
the oh, major yeah. cities in Florida are full of, of New York transplants. Yes, but Tampa Bay, St. Pete, slash St. Pete, they have the faithful, and I just think the Rays, they're overachievers, and they will destroy the Yankees' chances, uh, make continuing their drought at a World Series victory. So um, that's just my gut telling me it. We will see. <laughs> On the other flip side, we have the two and three seats facing each other, the Houston Astros versus the Chicago White Sox, a rematch of the 2005 World Series back when the Astros were in the National League, the first time in Major League history that both managers who will be facing each other will be over the age of 70. So two dinosaurs, that's the skippers. They're going to be like, yeah, let's do a pitchy change. (laughs) God, that was was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) La Russa against Dusty Baker. They're doing their little trots out on the mound. Who will win? Trav, who do you got? I have the Astros over the Red ah, Sox in this series, yeah. two to one. It's uh, yeah, I, I give the White Sox a game, but I think the uh, the Astros have the much more consistent hitting and uh, and pitching, uh, especially closing out games um, than the White Sox do. I think you know the White Sox are still a good team. They have, uh, I think they're going to get a win within this series. Um, however, I think the that the Astros are primed. They are they they have experience of being here before. They are motivated to win a title ultimately the right way. And I I think you know, the White Sox have had a great season, but I just don't think that they've had the uh, as tough of a schedule and uh, as tough of situations they've had to deal with beyond that, which kind of has been created on their own of dealing with injuries um, and kind of experimenting a bit with the. Uh, the, uh, the their farm system as uh, um, as you know they've dealt with their injuries, but I think they they still be incredible season even if they don't make it here out of this round. Um, and they've certainly have a rather large window for the future uh, to get back again. But uh, yeah, I see the Astros being the White Sox here in this series two to one. Yep. Oh, man. So I have the Astros beating the White Sox, too, in four games, baby. It starts out in H-Town, and when all roads start out in H-Town, it goes good for the H-Town bros, baby. The Astros, they're going to win in four games. The White Sox will pick up one, just like you said, Trav, but... So correction, three to one, then. Three to one. There you go, baby. I just... The Astros, they're four... I predict it's going to be McCullers. This is my prediction. Uh, I don't think news has come out yet, but I think it's going to be McCullers, Valdez, Garcia, Urquidy, and Zach Greinke, who's going to be pitching off the bullpen because he's recently coming off of an injury. He pitched in the bullpen today on this game, 162, and he was lights out. So I love that he's there. Oda Rizzi put that guy in the bullpen, put uh, Christian Javier in the bullpen. I just think we're just, we're just too good. And the Red, the White Sox have kind of, I mean, they've kind of plateaued a, lot, a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I just think the Astros are going to win. So, And then that brings us to the ALCS Astros versus Rays. A rematch of the ALCS of last year. The Rays beat the Astros then, but what will happen now? Trav, who do you got? 
Well, I have the Astros and the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. Because we, uh, we talked about that the Yankees are uh, going to take down the Rays uh, coming out of the wild card. Um, yeah, I have the... Uh, Rematch of the 2019 ALCS. Yes, sir. So yeah. two of America's most hated teams will go against each other. Uh, got Astros in six here. I think the uh, I think the Astros just have are the more balanced team, both on the mound and uh, and at the dish. I think you know, you're going to see uh, see guys like uh, like Altuve and Bregman continue to emerge here headed into the postseason. So I'm uh, I'm picking them. <laughs> yep, the Astros, Houston Astros, my uh, my rival here to my Texas Rangers, uh, ultimately taking this uh, taking this in six. Wow, going to their fourth World Series. There you go, baby. Just got to rub it in. Yep. Uh, hey, got to pick smart, baby, because I think the Astros are going to beat the Tampa Bay Rays in the ALCS. And I'm going to go, oh, man, they got to go through the trop first. And, you know, they went through the trop. I think in 2019, they had to go through the trop in the division series. And it was pretty, it was intense. I think it went to five games that year. Um, and so the trop fans, they're, they're going to show up, I guarantee you. And so I had the Astros winning. And I think it's going to happen. See, it's going to be two and then two. And then uh, I think they're going to win in six. Yep. I don't think it'll quite go to seven, but yep. Astros versus Ways in six. So Astros winning the AL pennant. And then we go on to the Purist League. Potentially the last time this league has pitchers bat. We will see Cardinals Dodgers. Who you got, Trav? We're looking... At a Wainwright versus Scherzer pitching matchup here at Dodger Stadium, which means runs maybe at more of a premium. Uh, Scherzer's had a couple of shaky outings recently, so it's a bold move for them to be throwing him for the Dodgers to be throwing him out on the mound. I think the Cards' consistency of late will be the difference. I'm looking at probably like a three to two, two to one type of victory uh, with, uh, with someone like uh, Arenado or Goldschmidt uh, getting the uh, the game winning run across. <laughs> There uh, late in the game, <laughs> it could be a walk off. It could be in the seventh or eighth inning, but it's going to be later on, and it's going to be one of those just like grinding it out kind of games. But I see the uh, I see the Cards' momentum as the difference here. Yeah, I think the Cards. They you know their seventeen games. Streak was eventually snapped, but man, oh man, are they hot. I think they're going to beat the Dodgers in Los Angeles. Rainwright, fine wine, baby. Scherzer, that pitcher is so dang good, though. It's going to be so close. But I have to believe in this Cardinals team. I have to believe in them. This team is so good. You've got Tyler O'Neill with a 9-12 OPS and a 6.3 war, man. You got the the rookie, Dylan Carlson, baby, with 18 bombs. Tyler O'Neill's got 34 bombs. Dylan Carlson with a 780 OPS, not too shabby. Nolan Arenado, the prized acquisition with 34 bombs, baby. 807 OPS. And then Paul Goldschmidt, man, that guy just ages like fine wine. He has an 879 OPS and 31 bombs, 6.3 war. I mean, they got some power, and it's it's not a series. Well, I will tell you this, Trav. If they were in a best-of-five series, I would have picked the Dodgers, hands down. Man, I mean, come on. The Dodgers, they got Bueller. They got Arias. Um, I mean, the... 
if they should they actually advance uh Clayton Kershaw is probably is basically going to be out of contention for the postseason which is unfortunate because if they advance he's not available he would have been their number four guy but still it's it's tough to lose him if the Dodgers are desperate they could potentially put in Arias in a bullpen position and if they do that you know, they'd blow his chance to start later, but I could maybe see them do that. Or maybe throw in Bueller because they're in Los Angeles, they're desperate to go back. Um, but even given that, I just believe in the magic of the Cardinals. So, Car St. Louis, baby, the dream alive. <laughs> so, and should they make it past the Dodgers, they will face the number one seed Giants. Who's going to win, Trav? Yes, so I've got uh, I've got Giants taking it over the Cardinals in in five. So, yep, Giants will have uh, three wins. The Cardinals will two. The Cardinals' uh, incredible run is going to come to an end on this one. <laughs> I think yeah, benefits Giants have a little bit better hitting. Um, there the uh, and I think you know in a tough park like uh, like Oracle Park, it's. Uh, I think you know it's going to benefit them, and they're going to have the home field advantage. And I think it's going to, it's going to be a rabid environment there on the Bay Area. And yeah, I think it's just going to the the magic is going to come to an end. It's going to be a valiant effort and a great story here with the uh, the Giants and the Cardinals in uh, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, um, valiant efforts, uh, but it'll all come to an end. The Giants, baby. Um, you have the in five. Well, I have the Giants beating the Cardinals in three. The Giants are going to sweep them because you know what? The Giants are the Giants. They don't, they, they're taking names, and that's exactly what they do. Man, you know, the Cardinals have Wayne Wright, and that's about it. Their offensive power is there, but these Giants, they have it all. They have it in their bullpen. They have it in their rotation. They have it in their lineup. I mean, it's just, it's too much. It is going to be in a, in a series matchup. It is just going to be too much. I mean, you got Gosman, you got Discafan, Discafani, Logan Webb, Alex Wood. All these guys have low ERAs, and you know, and that's probably going to be their four, uh, their four man rotation. And so, I mean, nothing compares to that with the Cardinals. You know, Cardinals, you got Wainwrights, but then who else? I mean, Carlos Martinez. 6.23 ERA, Kwong Han Kim, 3.46. Yeah, that's not too shabby, but it's just, I mean, Jack Flaherty, I mean, that guy, you know, pretty solid, but I guess it's just... The Giants I mean, yeah, are elite. They are elite, and th- this is their year. It really is, and so the Cardinals, their chances will come to an end, but you know what? Maybe the Cardinals will just make us all look stupid and they'll just prove that they win a World Series every 10 years, no matter what. <laughs> but we'll see. So, and then we go to the other side the Milwaukee Brewers, the number two seed versus the number four seed, the Atlanta Braves. Trav, who you got? I've got the Brewers over the Braves in, yeah. in four. So, <laughs> oh, Brewers man. will have three, uh, Braves will have one. And. Yeah, I think the the Braves squeak out a win here, but I think there's more firepower from the Brewers. And then you've got, you know, when you've got guys like like Corbin Burns and Brent Suter and on the mound, I think the 
Brew Crew's just got the momentum and they've got the they've got the ability to defend their turf and take this further into the postseason. So Braves have been a great story, but I just see I don't see the Brewers slowing down right now. Yep, uh, I got the Brewers over the Braves too. I got them in four as well. I mean, you got Burns, you got Woodruff. Those pitchers are so dang good. And even though I like Charlie Morton, I just think that they're going to win those first two. Uh, the third game, the Braves might pick up, but then in the fourth, uh, they're just going to come down hot because the Brewers, they got Josh Hader, who's one of the best relievers in in the in all of MLB. And yeah, it's just when you have, you know, both of it is just lights out. The Braves, their offense is stout, but the Brewers, they're like the pitching, um, the pitching lineup made in heaven, and mo- very reminis- reminiscent of the White Sox. But yep, so Brewers going to the NLCS to face the Giants. Trav, what's going to happen, man? Oh man, I think the. I'm going to have to pick the Giants once again. This is a grinding it out type of situation, but yeah. uh, we're going to look at it uh, going to the full uh, the full seven games. So the, uh, <laughs> the Giants are going to be out the Brewers here 4-3. Uh, to three. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have the exact same thing. Giants uh, beating the Brewers in seven. They have that last game, game seven, and it's just, I mean, it's the Giants. It, it's their year. It really is. I mean, they are the best team in baseball. They've proven it. No one can deny it. So they beat them in seven. And that means it's going to be the Houston Astros versus the San Francisco Giants. The Giants have a better record should they face each other. And so they would get home field advantage, meaning the first two games in San Fran. Then you go to another two in H-Town, et cetera, et cetera. Trav... What's going to happen? Giants over the Astros in six. They've been primed with the chopper path to this point. You've got more of a, uh, you've got more of a hitter's park with, uh, with Oracle. And then the, uh, the, obviously a more hitter friendly park, uh, with the, with the minute made. Um, I think, uh, I think there's more complete and consistent pieces with the, uh, with the Giants that I'm seeing with the Astros. The Giants, the Astros obviously still remain competitive. They're a very good team. Uh, but I see this, uh, them settling this in six. I will gander to that. I think the Astros are going to go into the, uh, to the first game there at Oracle and they're going to win. However, oh, man. uh, however, uh, the Giants are also going to come back and, uh, the Astros will only have one of the win after that. Um, not quite sure if they they'll take place at home or on the road. Uh, however, the uh, the Giants are going to round this out in six. Uh, they're going to break this odd year curse that they've had, and uh, they're going to take home the uh, the World Series title here in twenty twenty one. Oh uh, yeah, because in the mid season predictions, um, you didn't give a lot of love to the Giants because it is an odd year. You yes, know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious, and uh, the uh, the Giants fall into that category for me. Yep. Uh, so uh, if memory serves, so uh, it's coming back to me now. It'll be in San Fran in the first two. The middle three is going to be in H Town, and then the last two will be in San Fran. So when if you say they have it in six, back when they go to San Fran, they will finish them off and they will win on the San Francisco Bay. Well, yes, I have sir. 
I have the series going to the San Francisco Bay in seven games, but the Houston Astros will win their second World Series championship. A very partial it, pick. <laughs> yes, it is so partial. They will win. It'll be their first clean World Series, and all of Astros, H-Town Nation will rejoice, and everyone else will flip their tables and be really, really mad. <laughs> Everybody will be furiously emailing Ken Rosenthal, demanding a uh, <laughs> demanding investigation. Investigation. Uh, <laughs> come out with the come out with another athletic article. <laughs> Do it. They must have cheated. I know they did. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, God. I'm gonna watch so much postseason baseball. I normally just follow the Astros, but I will watch that Yankees uh, uh, Red Sox game, and I will watch the Cardinals Dodgers. I can guarantee you, I will watch those two games back to back. And then I'm going to, I'm going to be following the Astros mostly, but I will also be play very close attention. I mean, this could go all the way to November. I mean, if it goes to Game Six, Game Seven, it's going into November. I mean, it's a whole month of just yeah. I believe craziness. Game Seven of the World Series this year is scheduled for like November third or November fourth. So this is yeah a, a more longer extending uh, <laughs> postseason this year for uh, Major League Baseball. Oh God, yeah. When the Astros won in twenty seventeen, it was on November first, I think. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you go into the month of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Some baseball. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no matter what happens, I'm so happy. Um, you know, we look at these teams. I I don't want the Yankees to win. I, I don't care. You know, if the Giants win, I'll be happy for them. I'll be happy for the Brewers. If the Cardinals win, my goodness gracious. I mean, I'm just going to tip my hat to them so hard. I'm going to be like, guys, you're incredible. And if the Rays win... I mean, they'll finally win, and they will prove all the doubters wrong, and I'll be happy for them. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about other teams winning? Like who could uh, who could come come through the uh, the bracket outside of our predictions? Yeah, I mean, I mean, who would you like who who would you like to see win? Just uh, you know, I feel like the Rays would be a really cool story. Um, yeah, yeah, because they are such a not flashy, grinded out kind of team um, to be able to make that happen. I would love to see, I think on the opposite end with the National League, I'd love to see the Bre- uh, the Brewers ultimately uh, be out yeah. the Giants to get into the World Series too. And uh, so to have those, kind of have the these smaller market teams uh, have, have a, a nod to both of them and have the opportunity for the big stage here. And of, of course the TV networks are hoping for uh, are hoping for a Yankees Dodgers, Dodgers. or yeah. are hoping for a Dodgers or a Giants or Yankees or a Red Sox, one of these large coastal market kind of teams. Oh, yeah. Um, but it would be cool to see otherwise. Oh yeah, I want the small market, baby. Go for it. I mean, so, but we'll see. Will the Yankees break the drought? I know Yankees Nation wants it so bad, but we will see. Oh man. But now we go on to our individual awards. Um, You know, uh, originally, both of us picked Otani to win the American League MVP, Trav. I think that's a lock. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's... Let's read what uh, what Mr. Yeah. Ben Verlander tweeted out earlier here. Yep, Uh, yep. That's perfect. He laid out the the stat line Mm -hmm. perfectly, so... Shohei Otani ended the 2021 regular season of Major League Baseball with 46 home runs, 100 runs batted in, 26 stolen bases, 
9-2 win-loss record, 3.18 ERA, 130 innings pitched, 156 strikeouts. Otani is a once-in-a-generational talent. He <laughs> exhibits com- like just unreal athleticism, smarts on the mound, smarts at the plate of working pitch counts, uh, got better as a pitcher as the season went on, uh, carried that Angels clubhouse on his back when it was missing Trout and a couple of other key pieces there. And yeah, you know, it's it, who knows if like we will see this type of performance with him continue as a MVP, like like candidate every single year throughout the remainder of his career, uh, or at least, you know, kind of in like these prime young years of him playing major league baseball, but like Otani, like you read the, those stat lines, you see what he does, like how he's built and everything as a player. He is, I feel like by definition, a most valuable player for this Angels clubhouse. Undoubtedly, oh, yeah. in my opinion, there, there's no contest with this guy. Oh, yeah, he's going to win. I mean, it's just, uh, you, you know, if it was just offensively, maybe Vlad Guerrero Jr. could win, but it's just he's attempting things that nobody else did. It's just like baseball aficionado J.J. Watson. You know, no one else even tries it. Uh, I mean, and he's, I mean, those are commendable stats. I mean, uh, barely over three ERA, 40, 40, how many bombs was it? 46 bombs? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's... It's somewhere up there. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's just... Uh, yep, 46. You got it. Man, I mean, it's just, this guy's special. He's going to win. So, and it, he he should win. So, yeah. all right. Uh, moving on to the American League, Cy Young. Trav, who you got now? Originally uh, picked Garrett Cole, and I'm sticking with Garrett Cole. I think there you go. The, uh, I think the... He gets the nod over Robbie Ray, um, based on ultimately how the beginning of the season ended. Like you, with these awards, you don't want to just judge based on like record. However, you look at Garrett Cole and how much the the Yankees pitching staff, how the mound has had to carry the team through its ups and ups and downs uh, at the plate, and I think Garrett Cole is a huge part of that. Um, when you look at, yeah, his 3.23 ERA, his 16 wins, his 243 strikeouts he had um, on the season. Comparable numbers to Robbie Ray. Uh, however, it the, those carry just a bit more weight when you look at, uh, when you look at kind of the differentials and uh, the comparison of the runs pushed across um, that the Yankees have had compared to a team like the uh like the Blue Jays. So that is why I'm sticking with Mr. Gary Cole. Gary Cole, I picked him at the middle of the season, but I'm changing my mind. I'm going with O Canada. Robbie Ray, baby. That's right. From Brentwood, Tennessee. That's right. He's going to win the Cy Young, baby. And I will tell you why. He's got a better ERA than Garrett Cole, 2.84 as opposed to 3.23. He's got a better whip, 1.04 as opposed to 1.06. Um, his opponents have a bet- have a worse batting average, 210 versus 223. And when it comes to wins above replacement, Robbie Way has 6.7 wins above replacement as opposed to Garrett Cole's 5 Point six and Robbie Way has more strikeouts. You say Garrett Cole's strikeouts king with two forty three. Well, Robbie Way 
basically barely uh, surpasses him with 248. And then at the end of the day, uh, some higher level stats, ERA plus Robbie Ray, 154. Garrett Cole, what does he amount to? 133. Uh, uh, Stats, 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 stats. It's going to be Robbie Ray, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, man. I don't know. Uh, uh, enough of that. <laughs> American League Rookie of the Year, who you got, man? I was drinking the Texas Rangers Kool-Aid <laughs> hard and riding the Adolis Garcia train uh, uh, earlier in the year. Uh, things came about, about down to earth a little bit more for uh, for Mr. Garcia. <laughs> However, my new pick uh, very much is a hot name right now. Amer- uh, from Tampa Bay Rays, Randy Rosarena with yeah. 274 batting average, 356 on base percentage, and 459 slugging percentage. He is a important part of that Tampa Bay Rays lineup and has just performed at a very high level throughout the year. And the Rays are obviously headed to the postseason, top of the American League East. Get giving the nod here to Mr. Rosarena. Man, you know. I probably should have picked him uh, the midseason prediction, but I but I drank I drank the Texas Ranger Kool Aid. You know, I had seen Garcia play before in person, and I just drank that Kool Aid so hard, man. He was going so good at the beginning, but here we are. I get a better look at it, um, not with rose colored glasses, and uh, you know I'm gonna. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna drink the Astros Kool Aid this time, and I'm gonna say Luis Garcia from the Houston Astros is gonna win the American League Rookie of the Year. Cause why not? Three point three zero ERA. He's got one hundred and sixty-seven strikeouts, a one point one seven two WHIP, two point six wins above replacement, ERA plus one thirty for a rookie. Come on, guys. This guy. He's good. I've watched him a lot. Uh, I think it might be between those two, but the the Astros. I'm so partial. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be the Astros, baby. Uh, so then, moving on to the National League MVP, who you got, T Money? I am going with Mr. Juan Soto of the yeah. Washington Nationals. Finished the year with 29 home runs, a 313 batting average, and 95 runs batted in. You know, they, 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 it was very much a toss-up for me going down to either Mr. Soto or Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, very comparable. It, 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 this comes down to the, you, you don't want to just bring it down to who had the better, who was part of the better, the team with the better record at the end of the year. Uh, obviously, the Phillies finished with a better record compared to the Nationals. However, uh, looking kind of on across the three statistics on average, um, three metrics on average, uh, Juan Soto is, is the better and probably higher impact of the two uh, here. And so, yes, once again, you want to get into looking at who affects your team kind of from all angles in a positive way. And for me, I made that decision for Mr. Juan Soto out of the Washington Nationals. Yep. You know, 
We picked Jacob deGrom at the midpoint in the season. We picked him for both MVP and Cy Young because, man, Jacob deGrom, what could have been? That guy wasn't played with injuries. I mean, that guy, I mean, he still finished with like a one-point-something ERA, uh, just a crazy low whip, like a .53 or something like that. But it's just he was plagued with injuries and innings matter and as they should. So, uh, what could have been the greatest pitching season of all time? Uh, man, imagine if we had the greatest pitching season of all time with Shohei Otani season, it just would have been like this year would have just been so unbelievably special, but alas, Jacob DeGromy, baby, let's hope he can do it next year because golly, that guy is still the best starting pitcher in baseball. When he's 100%, for sure. I mean, I put put my money on him over anybody, literally. I mean, that guy, like, you can't touch him. (laughs) But when it comes to the MVP, I too am going with Juan Soto to expound upon Travis's stats. He has a 7.1 wins above replacement, baby. I mean, this guy, 467 on base percentage. My goodness, that's almost 50, that's almost 50%. 538 slugging, 1,000.1.005 OPS, 177 OPS plus. 77% better than the average player. by. Goodness gracious, Juan Soto, baby. No one cares about him because he is within Washington Nationals. Everyone is all about the Harper train and the Tatis train. But the childish Bambino is going to take it home because he's just too good. So, Juan, Juan, baby. Juan in a million. That's what he is. So, then... Jacob DeGrom, he can't win the Cy Young. Well, then who is going to win it? Trav, who you got? Corbin Burns from the Brew Crew with the 243 ERA, the elite run average. (laughs) And just behind Brent Suter in 11 wins and 234 strikeouts on the year. I don't think there's really... uh, I don't see competition to him. I think uh, Mr. Burns here takes home the NL Cy Young this year. Yeah, the uh, I got Burns too, but Scherzer, man, that guy's numbers are very comparable, but I think Burns will just, you know, squeak it out in the end. Um, I would not be surprised if Scherzer won it, though. Um, you know, he's been lights out since he's been with LA, but if you look at the totality of the season, Burns has carried the brew crew with him every step of the way. So... Uh, it's very, very tough. I mean, Bueller, Woodruff, I mean, you can go with any of these guys. These guys are all studs, but there's just something about Corbin, maybe. So, And then our final award, major award, that is, uh, without going into manager of the years, et cetera, et cetera, NL Rookie of the Year. Who you got, T-Money? National League Rookie of the Year. I have got Jonathan India of the Cincinnati Reds. He led the team in on-base percentage at .376, and he backed that up with a .269 batting average, a .459 slugging percentage, .835 on-base plus slugging percentage, and a .3.8 wins after replacement. Wins above and, replacement. <laughs> yeah, wins above <laughs> replacement. My apologies. This is like a Joey Gallo upgrade, essentially, within uh, 
within the the National League here of how Jonathan India is playing for the Reds and I think what his potential is for the future of that franchise uh you know for a team that had its struggles uh you know making contact with the ball during periods of the year uh Jonathan India was definitely a bright spot for them in their lineup uh and so I'm looking forward to seeing what Mr. India does um in uh in the years to come with his career. And for that reason, I've got to give him the National League Rookie of the Year nod. Yep. Uh, you picked Dylan Carson earlier, and, you know, uh, their stats are pretty comparable. Um, you know, but you're going with India. I'm going with India, too. I chose Jazz Chisholm uh, at the beginning. I mean, that guy was flashy. He was hot. Oh, so hot. But uh yeah jonathan india i just think you I mean you said all the numbers right there i mean he's just uh, carried the team on his back you know an everyday starter so i mean that guy i think he's got it in the bank well i mean it's gonna be pretty close between him and dylan carlson you pick you had a good pick with dylan i mean that guy's numbers are good with st louis but uh i just think jonathan india he mean i think he's gonna eke it out so there you go again we will uh, we will do a postmortem on our all of our picks, see how we fared out. But regardless, this is October. This is the mag- the most magical and wonderful time of the year. It is it is going to be so much fun. I mean, I'm pumped. I'm just uh, aside from these players, we're going to see most of them in the playoffs. Unfortunately, some of them like Juan Soto, we will not see anymore. Uh, all the Blue Jays people, we won't see anymore. But man. Baseball, baby. This is why we do it. We go through the grind just so we can get to October. But we are so, so excited. We have plenty more of action. You're going to be following us the whole month. We're going to be continuing to give y'all weekly episodes or we just follow the postseason. And then we'll cap it all off to celebrate whoever wins, whoever that may be, even if it's the New York Yankees. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, for all of y'all listen to this episode, as you uh, as you already know, this is coming out a little bit later uh, than we normally put our weekly episodes here. We wanted a way to make sure that we gave you guys the most accurate rundown and analysis of everything that was happening with Major League Baseball because of all the uh, the races coming right down to the wire to the end of, uh, of day 162 in the regular season. So we, uh, that, that is why it's coming out at this time right now. Uh, but we really appreciate you all sticking with us uh, and waiting it out. And of course, we've had a lot of great content as of recently to tide you all over, uh, such as interviews uh, from folks like Lance Harvey and Isaac Aaron and just uh, kind of some other updates we put out recently. But we are, we are so excited now to get into the weeds with the month of October and really, you know, be glued to our TVs in the evening here as, uh, as each of these games are going down and we make our way here through, uh, through the bracket on the way to the world series, man. I can't wait. It's, uh, talking about all this is going to be, uh, really excited for, uh, seeing, Hey, yeah. Once again, what do our, uh, what do our predictions look like compared to how things play out? Exactly, man. And for all of our listeners, next week's episode is going to be very extra special because, and for those of y'all listening, we are going live, baby, in West Dallas. Travis, how about you break this down to our audience? Tell them where we're going to be at, man. Absolutely. Saturday, October 9th. Come join Boom and I at Steam Theory Brewing Company in West Dallas at 35. 340 Singleton Boulevard, Suite 100, right over near downtown, just west of there, right across from Trinity Groves. 
Seems Very Brewing is an awesome local brewery. They've got a tap room in there. We've got all their brews on tap, uh, have great food options as well. Barry and I visited recently. They have incredible pizza options. They're like Neapolitan oh, yeah. style uh, pizzas that just bring out all the flavors uh, when you're taking a bite into them and tons of other great food options as well. We are having a live episode broadcast from there starting at 4 p.m. that Saturday. So yeah, it's this coming Saturday, October 9th. Come join us. We're broadcasting live from there. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk with Chuck, who is one of the co-founders of the brewery. We're going to do some uh, some beer flights in, uh, in a very special pour and score segment. Uh, we want to, uh, we, we, Barry and I have already invited out uh, our friends and family to come to this event. And ultimately, for any of y'all that are listening that have, have never met us in person, don't know who we are, uh, please come out and meet us. Come out and hang with us on this fine Saturday afternoon. They've got TVs all over the place with baseball on. Obviously, we're in the middle of college football season two. Uh, you know, I've got preseason hockey, preseason basketball uh, coming on this time of the year. It's just a great place to catch any and all types of games. Uh, come out, hang with us, talk with us. We want to meet you, uh, introduce you here to the No Doubt brand, show you what we're really all about here in person. As real life people, uh, we... we we're just so stoked for this. This is kind of like a, one of these big opportunities for us um, here. We want to also grow uh, our audience off of this event. So yeah, we're looking forward to meeting people that end up walking, uh, walking in just to hang out there that Saturday uh, that, uh, that get introduced to no doubter for the first time uh, here, our show can, can ultimately meet us and uh, to build those connections as well. So uh, please, once again, Steam 3 Brewing Company, 340 Singleton Boulevard, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, right across from Trinity Groves. Come hang out with us. It's going to be an excellent time. Come have a drink with us. Come talk baseball with us. Come meet us. Let's just hang out. Let's have a great time this weekend, y'all. Yeah, yeah, guys, it, it'd be so great to see y'all. You know, we're gonna start, um, we're gonna start broadcasting at four p.m. But after we're done, you know, we're gonna stick around. You know, if you want to meet us, uh, let's get some beers together. Let's all pour and score together at Steam Theory Brewing Company. This brewing company is incredible. I mean, their food is amazing. Their fries are to die for, and I cannot wait to have them again. Ah, oh, ah, oh, they're so good, oh, man. And this brewing company is special because. They not only have their draft beer, but they also have liquor options. They got Eagle Rare, TX, all these great bourbons. They got cocktails. There's something there for everybody. They got TVs, games, board games. I mean, it is going to be so much fun. So it's in Dallas, Texas. So if you're in the local area, DF Dubs, please meet us out there. We'd love to see everybody that we know there. I mean, just let's just flood the place, give them some love. If y'all are nearby and want to make the trek up from Houston or Austin, we'd love to see y'all there as well but if not the episode will be coming out next week it is going to be a lot of fun the live atmosphere man you can't beat it we're just talking postseason baseball baby so there you go man that's what's coming up next absolutely it's going to be a fun time well that has been another great episode here of no doubt thank y'all for joining us uh it's a lot of fun setting the stage here for the hunt for october for the different races heading into the World Series at the end of the month. Go ahead and subscribe to No Debtor today so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Leave us a five-star review and feedback on the show. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at No Debtor Pod. 
and on Instagram as well at no doubt or pod. Boom and I are also available on our personal handles at boombostic 21 and at Travis Lawfully. Join our Patreon today and get an even greater level of access to No Doubter and help ensure that we can continue bringing y'all the very best and your favorite baseball content. Give our merch store a look and see the different items that we have there right now. We've got uh, I've got t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, baseball shirts, phone cases, many more items in there. Uh, our partner at T Public has done a incredible job creating that store for us, and we cannot wait to. Uh, Start seeing more people decked out in the No Doubter brand as time goes on. And you'll see all the important links in the description below here for the show. Uh, we've had a really fun time with this one. Boom, what do we remind everyone to do every single time we close out the show? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you go into your life, as you pay attention to postseason baseball, as you grind it out with your friends and family, uh, be sure to bat 400 and always swing for the fence. Let's let's do it together. Let's hit nothing but dingers as we go into this wonderful month of the year. Good night, everybody. We'll see you all next week for our extra special episode, C3 Brewing Live, baby. We're going to go all the way through the end of the postseason. We're going to be your first stop shop. Just join us every step of the way. We'll see you all next time. This episode of No Data was produced by... Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley, and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silbrook, 